So sure. yesterday had a guy contact me uh, three or four days ago on Twitter. And uh, so I'm building up my Twitter profile. So I use Twitter to bitch about things. I use LinkedIn as, as cybersecurity bitching is what I do. So anything <laughs> else that's not cyber related, I bitch on Twitter. So I try to keep those channels separate. But uh, you're, you're right. I have criminals who watch my show, who follow me on Twitter. And this guy, he watched that, you know, the part one of when the good guys suck. So he messages me and he's like, hey, man, I just got through watching your new episode. And you said you're not going to come out with part two and talk about Blue Acorn. You really need to talk about Blue Acorn. And I'm like, okay, what the hell, man? So he was like, hey, here's my phone number. When can we talk? You want to talk to me? And I was like, okay, dude, I'll give you a call. And that was yesterday when I called him. Spoke right. to him for an hour. And this cat is on Telegram. He's he he's part of a Telegram group. They've got 40 different members. And they ate pandemic frog alive. Um, so, I'm sure. Yeah. And talk to the guy for over an hour about this. And I, I guess this is something that, that you and I can talk about. So for 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 the audience, <laughs> let me go ahead and, and and break off for just a second. Then we're going to start, you know, the way the show started is exactly like you guys saw. But, hey, I'm Brett Johnson, former United States most wanted cyber criminal, now good guy and host of the Brett Johnson Show. Today is a very special episode today. We're talking to a concerned citizen who is actually a guy who knows what the hell he's talking about as well. So, Mr. Concerned Citizen, as I was saying, I was talking to this guy about pandemic fraud. And he was telling me how he was setting up the accounts. And I was like, yeah, that would work. Yeah, that would work. So it was obvious that he knew what he was talking about. But, you know, the takeaway, and we talked about it, we talked for over an hour, is come to find out the pandemic fraud was not difficult and what he was angry about the reason he wanted to talk to me is because of the ease of which he was able to cash out and commit the crime so he was talking about blue acorn he was talking about money lion uh, chime things like that and it turns out that these companies much as the congre congressional reports reported that these companies helped facilitate that fraud that's out there and Hell, you've listened to me enough to know that I'm, uh, I've got a lot of apathy or disillusionment, disappointment, whatever you want to call it, toward cybersecurity right now because of this stuff. Same. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely the same for me. I have a, uh, a good bit of apathy uh, towards uh, the business landscape as well and sort of uh, the, the homogenation of all of those things, right? Because I think, um, it, it seems to me like people have have sort of forgotten about ethics and morals, right? And and to me, just sort of as now outside observer, it's very hard for me to distinguish between what's a what's a, a role model, someone to look up to, and and what's uh, what's a criminal. And I hate to use criminal again, right? But just what's a what, who's someone that you should look up to, and who's someone that you shouldn't look up to, right? You look at you look at the public servants and. And they're they're embezzling money and they're breaking the law and they're doing all of these things. Right. And then you look to corporate leaders and you've got corporate leaders committing bank fraud. They're committing, you know, user fraud or stock account fraud. And so it's like, you know, the average citizen, like, what are they to say? What are they to do? Who are they to look to for inspiration or for guidance on the right thing to do? You know, and it, I think it's that I don't see there. I see very few role models in today's society. Right. Like who's. Who's saying uh, important the right things, right? Who's saying the things that need to be said? Who's doing the things that need to be done? And it, it's it's hard to distinguish, you know, with all of the narratives going on, who's doing, you know, who's doing the right thing, you know, because at some point it looks like, at a certain level, it looks like everyone is so entrenched in their ideals, they think that they're doing the right thing, right? And and then you have these personal issues and crises that come up, needing money to pay bills, and then you find yourself on this on this line. And I know that you've talked about it and you've talked about guys watching your video and they find themselves in the line too. And it's like, you know, at what point do we sort of realize that we're kind of doing this to ourselves? Right. And and that's really the truth of it. You know, it's you look at the cybercrime is the third largest economy in the world right now behind China. Which is insane. Which is insane, right? So it so so cybercrime breaking the law, you know, doing whatever, right? Doing things that are illegal, it's, it's resulting in it being the third largest economy in the world. 
behind China and then behind the U.S. And they're sort of near peers at this point. They're neck and neck. And so it's like uh, on some level, I think it reduces down to like a good versus evil thing, which sounds super philosophical. Right. But I think there's a, a bit of truth to it. Right. I think that on some level, people are going to have to sort of make a choice kind of like uh, it, it sounds to me like you did in, in your life at some point previously, right? You, you sort of really thought about what you were doing and and realized the harm that you were causing in your life and other people's lives and, and just sort of made a promise to yourself to stop. And I, I think mean, a lot of people need to do that. I mean, you're, you're right. Um, with me, you know, I, I finally came to, um, it was a long process. You know, you've listened to my story. Yeah. It, was a, it was a long journey to get where I am, and I, I'm still continuing to uh, to try to be- learn what healthy is and, and become that yeah. better person. But I liken myself to that recovering addict or that that alcoholic. You know, I'm not I don't call myself a former felon or a refer- reformed criminal. I say that I'm trying to get better is what I, I is what I typically say. I You know, when I give an interview, I don't. Uh, I'm typically asked by some news group that, uh, would you ever do it again? Or are, are you fully reformed? And I, I, I don't say yes, yeah. because I, I really think that when you say yes, that you're either lying or you're putting these blinders up where you can, you know, fall yeah. victim to those crimes yeah. again that I used to commit. But the reason, the, the point I'm getting at is what you were saying, you know, it, it's, we don't have, it, it looks like morality is very situational across the board right now. And that morality is, is really determined by the amount of profit that is is sitting there in front of somebody. Uh, And, you know, because of that, you know, our, the kids that are out there, I mean, who do they look up to? Right. And and that's really, you know, I think sort of the crux of the, of the conversation too. Another good, uh, another good pillar of it is like, all of these material things that we have in this world, right? Money and our homes and all these things, like we can't take any of it with us, right? right? Like when we die, none of it goes with us. So it's, it's, it's like, what are we, what are we holding on to that money? for? What are we wait? What rainy day are we waiting for, for some sort of catastrophe to happen? We could use this money, right? Like we have, we have all of these billionaires, you know, across the world and, to me, it, it sort of looks like we're 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 turning what would be you know Earth, we're turning heaven into hell, right? We, we could we could very easily fix this problem. The, the people with the money, with the power, could very easily on a dime snap their fingers and solve world hunger, right? Solve critical infrastructure problems. They could they could solve all of these problems, but we're just sort of, I guess, sitting here wallowing in our own, I guess, victimization, so to speak, and it's. I don't know. It's it's sad, right? Because really, we this could be heaven, right? We we this planet is a is a paradise, I guess, right? right? And I speak in, in those sort of terms because you you look at the universe and Earth is the anomaly. It's very rare, and we are destroying it, right? And and we're not really being conscious of what we're doing from a, a climate perspective, from a business perspective, and by no means, you know, am I saying all this stuff, trying to sound like a, you know, a woke leftist, you know, that's, uh, you know, all about the climate or something like that, right? I'm, I'm just thinking from the perspective of like, there's 8.5 billion people on this planet. There's only one planet, you know, we're right. kind of playing with fire here, right? Well, and I mean, like, I mean, you're right. And, and, you know, the thing with me, I'm, I'm not left. I'm not right. I, I'm an equal opportunity hater. I hate them all across the board. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, you talk about the climate. All right. Hey. I'm all for having a clean climate, especially when you've got a train derailment that's right. poisoning an entire city. I'm all for and, that. And then the news that comes out about that and the different perspectives, right? If if you just watch and, and pay attention to some of the narratives and it's just, it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And, and it's, uh, I don't know if people, if, if the people who are pulling the strings think that regular folks are just, we don't see it. You know, I, I don't know, you know, it's, it, it, it confuses me. I sit here, I think about it for a, a lot. I put a good bit of effort thinking about this stuff and, and why the world is the way it is, you know, and what's going on. And it's, it's, you know, it, it, it seems like we're sort of stuck in high school. None of us ever really grew up. <laughs> I hate well, I to mean, say you're that. Right. You're right. I, I was telling a, um, a friend of mine that, um, 
she's over in the UK. She's an attorney. And uh, I told her, I was like, look, I said, you know, I've got a lot of apathy toward this industry because I can't get any truth out of it. You know, I, I, people are, are, they'll keep their mouths shut. Like, you know, I, I did the show on chargebacks, 9-11. No one's talking about that. Uh, a few months ago, it was blue acorn and the pandemic fraud. No one's talking about that. Uh, yeah. You know, you look at financial institutions, the, the tools and Paul Eckloff, he's over at uh, LexisNexis, but he posts regularly on LinkedIn and, and he made yeah. the point that, you know, these financial institutions, the tools are in place to stop, you know, 98% of the fraud that's going yeah. on. It's just, they're not being implemented because of why nobody wants to spend that kind of money to do yeah. that. So, yeah. and, and at the same time, and this goes into this bigger picture that, that we're kind of hitting on is we live in a, in a society these days where no one wants to take responsibility or accountability for anything. And, and there, there's a set of, of reasons of why you shouldn't take responsibility for your life or for your actions. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I mean, where, where does that end? No one yeah. accepts responsibility. And Hey, I'll grant you, I will grant you. We've got shit out there that is systemic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We do. But that doesn't mean that you should just lay down and take it. At the end of the day, it's a choice on what you do. And nobody's really, you know, recognizing their own choice, their own responsibility in things. Yeah. And, and I think that that's somewhat the maybe one of the objectives to the game, actually. Right. Is to is to play it in such a way that people get so run down. Right. That that eventually they just don't want to play anymore. They just don't I want to right. fight because, you know, and, 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 and that's the way it sort of seems to me, at least it, it, it looks like it's a it's a battle of will almost, right? And that's why I go I go back to that good versus evil thing because at some point I think everyone's going to have to choose. You're going to have to make a choice, right? You're not going to be able to sit on the sidelines for forever, right? For very long. And it's you know you see what's going on with um, China and and the U.S. and, and Russia yeah. and things with Ukraine, you know, and, and businesses are so intertwined right now, and they're trying to you know, the fancy words decouple themselves and un, un, untangle their finances and things like that. And it's, I listened to, uh, to Peter uh, Zihan, Z, mm. Zihan talk cool. about, you know, geopolitics and things like that and what he's saying. And it's, you know, it, it sort of lines up and it seems like everyone isn't, you know, there's this big elephant in the room, right? And, and everyone's got to address it. And everyone's like, oh, crap, how do we address this elephant? You know, and it's we got to pull the bandaid off and talk about it. Right. And like we have to come to the table because at the end of the day, the economy that all of us live in, the world that all of us live in, we're it's going to come to a standstill, I think. Absolutely. Right. Or we're going to kick off. Or we're going to it's going to kick off in a World War Three, you know, and, and it just doesn't. I see no no good outcomes right now for the way things are being handled, so to speak. Right. I mean, I, and, I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I, I every single day, it's like something edges us closer to yeah. that all out conflict every right. single day. And, you know, my thing is, is, hey, guys, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I don't like I damn sure don't like Russia, but I've never liked Ukraine either. I don't like either yeah. one of the son of a bitches. Now, that being said, I'll support Ukraine. But I won't support Ukraine to the point where it gets us involved in World War Three, Right. And, no. you know, that's that's the other interesting part, too, is because a lot of people are all about, you know, supporting Ukraine. And, and don't get me wrong, when I when I'm about to say what I'm about to say, it's not that I'm supporting Putin. Putin right. right. We we absolutely cro pushed to the line. Right. And, and Putin believes we crossed the line. Right. Exactly. With with, uh, with Ukraine and NATO. And he. He put out a statement to this. He spoke on this several, several years ago. There was another person I was listening to who was one of the uh, advisors or administrators on a, on a team who was talking to Putin about this and what his red lines would be. And he and he talked about Ukraine getting annexed into NATO. And then that that was going to be his red line. Right. And so now we see Putin, you know, and what's going on with Ukraine. And Putin saw it as if, if Ukraine went into NATO because that's what it is. And. We've now backed Putin into a corner and he's 
I, I don't want to call him a madman with nukes, right? But he's got nuclear weapons. And, you know, there are other individuals with nuclear weapons as well. And it'd be one thing if nukes weren't on the table, right? Mm-hmm. And these guys, they could just, we could run simulations or they could have their wars in whatever desert or whatnot with, you know, drones and things like that. But it seems like this is, it's not going to go down that way. And when you think about it from that perspective, it just doesn't seem like the way that we're handling it is going to work. You know, I agree. I think, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, no, I I absolutely agree with you. I mean, we're on the exact same page there. I just don't, uh, you know, so, so we're looking at it from this big side, and you made you made a, a, these, a really good point a few minutes ago of what I'm thinking of. You know, we've we've got the big players, we've got you know the the politicians, the the real money makers, the powers that be that are out there. And I don't mean to sound like I'm wearing a tin hat, but we've got these guys that are that the these people that run the world, right? And at the same time, we the people are stuck what are we arguing about we're arguing about left wing versus right wing we're arguing about we're really LGBTQ. Arguing about we're arguing manufactured about topics that's exactly manufactured right. topics they're not they're not real topics they're not important topics right it's it's something called the roman circus you know I, I advise your listeners to go and google it and look it up right it's it's basically a sideshow to keep us distracted from the real problems in the world you that's know it. and <laughs> And I got to tell you, I, so I, I celebrated when Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon got fired the other day. <laughs> hey, I did. <laughs> I did as well, you know. Right. But I, I saw watched. Video. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I watched Tucker Carlson on his first little, 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 you know, his his when he finally decided to speak out. Yeah. And what he said was it, he made a really good point. He said the uh, the debates of today are ridiculous they're stupid and no one Mm -hmm. will remember that in five years Mm -hmm. and that really hit home because i think that feeds into this the stuff that we the people are 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 being fed to bitch about has nothing to do with the real shit that's going on out there yep and it and and you know it's uh the real stuff that's going on it may hit the news for a couple days and then it's 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 out of the news and it's something else it's you know this this latest march or this riot in this place or something like that right and it's it's always shifting you know and and that's the is what i my sort of analysis on that is is if you're you're dealing with a society who who has amnesia right like we as people we forget things very easily right and that's being exploited right uh it, it truthfully is and they're just uh creating situations to sort of pull our attention somewhere else, right? Or, you know, cyber is a great, cybersecurity is another great distractor too. It is. Right? All of these cyber attacks going on, you know, and all these businesses getting affected, you know, it's, you you have to ask yourself, right? The tinfoil hat, is it is it part of the Roman circus to just keep us distracted, you know? Wait, that, I'm glad, I, you know, I'm happy you made that segue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering how we were going to get that segue. I'm happy you made that segue like that. <laughs> you know, so this, uh, yeah. So this guy I was talking to, he he wanted me to call him Wally. And so I'll refer to him as Wally because he, he told me back in, you know, 2006, 2008 that he ate Walmart alive. And I have no doubt that he did. And um, he made the point. That he was like, you know, he, he and we were, I was bitching on my end, he was bitching on his. And he said, you know, what I don't understand is that, you know, everybody, everybody's trying to put the telegram guys, the real cyber criminals in prison, every one of them. But if you're one of these companies that's helped facilitate, he didn't use the word facilitate, but if you're one of these companies that helped facilitate these crimes, nobody goes to jail. You right. might get a fine. Usually you don't even get right. that. Right. And when you talk about the, the, the pillars of fraud, what is it? Um, I, I even made some notes over here, right? There's there's three elements for fraud. You've got the, the perceived pressure, the perceived opportunity, and then a way to rationalize it, right? Exactly. Greasy fraud so, triangle. Right. And so you look at some of these businesses here and some of these business executives, and I sort of wonder, like, 
do they realize how they're teetering on the line, right? Between being a criminal and, and being a legitimate business owner. Right. You know, and you, I go back to what you said earlier about rationalization, like how far does that go? Right. And I think what you're talking about, it, it pulls on a very important thread, you know, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier about, I think people need to be more conscious about what they're doing because I think on a very large level is what's happening is, we're creating a negative feedback, right? We're living in this sense of scarcity and that mm-hmm. things are being taken from us and we don't have money and we don't have rent and all of these things that are compounding upon us and putting us in that position. It makes us very easy to be manipulated, you know? I agree. And so there's, so there's that piece to it, but then you've got this negative feedback loop and, and you've got all of these cyber criminals, you've got businesses that are sort of doing it and they're contributing to these, this thing, this massive thing that's, that's sort of turning everything into this negative sort of loop, right? And, and when um, I think that that's sort of, it's, it's something that could very easily be fixed just, just by having a conversation like this, right? And having people consciously think about what they're doing, right? And it could change everything, right? That the, the third largest economy that's, you know, uh, Spent or you know it's it comes from cybercrime that could completely be negated and it could go into a legitimate economy that's not facilitating crime, people going to prison and people getting murdered and people getting hurt, overdosing on drugs, right? All of those things, you know. And it's it, you. One thing that I find most interesting is like this talk about hustle culture. And having the gig economy and having to work separate jobs to pay bills. And, you know, you, it's very easy that you can go from starting a, a, a gig or a startup and trying to do good and then doing bad or being put in a situation. You know, and you look at the Forbes, you know, 30 under 30 and right. you go back to the fraud triangle. Right. And it's. I asked the question, like, how many people are sort of are thoughtfully acting in a way that they realize that the actions they're taking are, are contributing to the downfall of society, which is, I hate to put it in terms like that, but that's really what it is, right? If we don't, this is a sort, sort of the line in the sand, right? If we keep on pushing, things are going to go downhill, right? We're mm-hmm. looking at, you know, generals are talking about, uh, you know, the United States breaking up by 2025, there being a civil war, right? This has been said multiple times. You know, you see what's going on in, in Europe and things like that. And, you know, all of a sudden now I put my tinfoil hat on and I, you know, I, I look at all the doomsday preppers and these guys, I don't know if they're so crazy anymore, you know. Well, I, I will tell you. So that tinfoil hat and those doomsday preppers, it got to the point. Now, I, as a convicted felon, I am not allowed to possess firearms. I do not own any. I do not possess any. My wife, however, is building quite the arsenal. You're and, okay. And she has been advised to continue building that arsenal. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think that that's sort of a, a wise choice. You know, one thing um, I sort of do with my kids is me and my kids, we go on yearly camping trips, if not, you know, more than once. And, sure. and it's it's really to sort of, hone those skills and keep those skills fresh in case, you know, shit hits the fan and we got to roll out and money is no longer an option. And we just got to get to a safe spot. You know, I'm, I feel comfortable that my kids are ready to move, you know? I mean, I, I agree I, with you. I absolutely I agree. My, how many... uh, I've got, uh, I've got two stepsons. Both of them live, live, live in the house. Um, yeah. The oldest one, he, I mean, he's exactly like that. He's got his, yeah. he's got two gun safes up in his room right now. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about this kind of stuff. And, and I, I was going to say, when I was, you're talking about the Civil War idea, and it continues to gain traction. Now, when I was in prison, a lot of, and, and I was not part of a gang, but but here's the thing, you associate you with those people. You can't escape it. You That's can't exactly es- right. You have to deal with it. In some exactly. Way. And one of the books that they read was called The Turner Diaries. Mm-hmm. And that thing is all about a civil war. That's based on race. 
And, right. you know, what I see with the media and, and how these things are being discussed and, and the news that's out there and the riots that are breaking out on both sides of the equation. And, and you, now you're seeing that politicians and people talking about a civil war coming. It's like every single day that book becomes closer to reality, which when I was in yeah. prison, I thought that was the stupidest thing in the world. But now I'm yeah. sitting there going, oh, shit. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, you know, I really kind of feel the same way. Um, I'm trying to think here of, uh, you had said something that was a really good thing that I want to make a comment on there. Um, oh, about the con the idea of civil war, right? This is, that's something that I think is one of the biggest fears that I have. And, and that is one of the reasons why I'm saying something, right? right. Is, 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 one, because of my background and history and sort of what I've done in my life, but also sort of what America is for the world to a degree, right? And if we don't do something, it's going to become nothing. It's, it's going to waste away. And, and civil war, I don't think, is the right answer, right? I think that that's like the worst possible outcome, right? But I think that on some level, people have to be willing to come to the table to stop that from happening, you know, because if you're not willing to come to the table, the only other option is war. Well, I mean, right? that's and, the problem, right? I mean, so, right. so, and, and that's, this is something that, that you and I were talking about on messages, you know, that this idea of people not speaking up. Well, we've got some people that are speaking up, but typically the people that shouldn't be speaking up. Yeah. You know, the, the ones yeah. that that are that that really care, the ones that that are not, you know, on the extreme of either side or all sides, those are the ones that that really need to be speaking up and, and talking about things that bringing that yeah. moderation to things. And we're not seeing that. And that's that's, you know, with cybersecurity. That's that's my main problem right now is. Yeah. People know what's going on. You can't yeah. tell me that a billion dollar company like chargebacks 911 that a lot of the industry people didn't know what the hell was going on and yet yeah. they're quiet as church mice they're not talking the same yeah. thing with all this pandemic fraud you can't tell me that the way all these financial institutions are interconnected that they didn't understand or know what was going on yet they're not saying a damn word about anything and that's the way it is almost across the board with these problems it, it, as long as it's quote unquote, the criminals that are out there, oh, they come out of the woodwork to talk about that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. You, you bring that up, you know, how there's a lot of crickets. There's not a lot of convo about this. And I think the reason is, is because it's people aren't thinking about it. It's not in scope, right? right. For cybersecurity, right? It's not something you're not thinking about bots charging your accounts, right? And that's it's a it's a different level than the standard attacks that you're used to dealing with, right. you know, and and I think it's a it's a level of that. So, you know, a bit of context there, you know, my background and the training that I went through in the military, that was never a topic. Right. Like wow. fraud was never taught in cybersecurity training in any of the schoolhouses that I went through. Right. I didn't get a I didn't get an exposure to fraud until probably around maybe three years ago would be my <laughs> first exposure to it. And, you know, then I, I really started looking at this and, and I think the reason is, is that it's, it's such a, a white collar, high tier thing that it's, it's not promulgated down into cybersecurity course curriculum. Right. Wow. And there's, I also don't think that there's an easy way to homogenize that content. Right. I see a lot of stuff going on social media right now about cyber being separate from the business and being separate. It, it's like, all right, guys, it, that's a that's a hefty conversation to try and have to learn all of these business terms and all of these cyber terms. Because truthfully, when, when we start talking about cyber, people's eyes glaze over, right. it rolls to the back of their head and they go to sleep. Right. You know, and so it's it's like, who's really going to listen to who? Who's really listening here? You know, who's you know, and you look at business owners and you look at computer security guys and you're like, who's who's the expert? Who should we really be listening to? You know, and it's I don't want to call anyone out by any any means, but I think by some level at some level, 
we've gotten away from listening to domain experts, right? And, and talking about these problems. And it's, it's, it's no longer based in reality. It's, it's somewhere, somewhere else that it shouldn't be, you know, and I think we need to try and bring it back, back to a conversation that everyone sort of knows what the, the bounds are, if that makes sense. Right. Because it's, it's spanning all of these different topics that people don't, and you see this in arguments too. People will sort of move the goalposts and interact and bring in all of these different topics to sort of justify their position. And so it's like, all right, we could sit here and talk all day in circles about this. You know, what's, what's the answer? You know, it's, what's the answer? And it's, I, I, I do a lot of thinking about that. And I, and I think it's, it's coming to the table and talking about it. So, and so that's, that's really why I'm here. You know, I'm hoping that, on some level, the, the conversation we have, it will drive the point home to right. someone somewhere, right? Maybe more than one person on both sides of the coin. And some of us can get some reprieve, you know? Like, wow. <laughs> I think life should be about fun. Like, we should be having time and, and spending <laughs> time with our kids, spending time with our family. We shouldn't be responding to hacking incidents all the time, you know? And it shouldn't be... Like we shouldn't be taken away from holidays to deal with these issues, you know, you and shouldn't. that's a, you shouldn't, that's right. And it's, it, on some level, I feel like we're shooting ourselves in our foot, you know, because it's, it's like what business owner, what CEO, you look at the news, you see all of these hacks going on. How can you rationalize that spending money for security doesn't make sense? I mean, you're driving the ship, my guy. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I mean, you, you are preaching to the choir. All right. And where, where to even start? Um, I keep referencing this, this criminal guy that I spoke to yesterday and he was telling me, um, he made the comment about chime and he was like, man, he said, you, you just don't understand how wide open it was. He was like, you know, you'd have a, a PPP loan deposited. And he said, you know, for, for 13 weeks, it didn't matter whose name was on the account. They would accept that deposit. And he said, after about 13 weeks, that they, they started to institute this facial recognition stuff. And he said, the way we got past that, we went down and got a mannequin and went through photographs so they did yeah they did liveness <laughs> detection and they took the mannequin and they would rotate the mannequin and it passed yeah. and he said that shit lasted for five weeks yeah <laughs> until they did it and he said then finally he said what they did was is they locked down every single ppp loan that came through he said but the sba loans so if you had a ppp loan deposited $20,833. If you had that deposited, it locked down immediately. But if you had an SBA farm loan deposited, what these companies would do is they wouldn't lock it down. They'd, they'd send you an email as soon as it was deposited. We're shutting your account down in a week. You've got a week to move your funds out. And they'd give everybody a week to get them out. And that's the way it operated. So, you know, you're, you're talking about, and I agree with you. I agree with you. If, if, if more people would speak up, if we would just have this conversation, if we could set aside whatever right. motivation is there. And, and in, in this case, you know, at the end of the day, the motivation is profit. Now, you could right. say, hey, I'm scared of losing a job. I'm scared of losing a contract, uh, a client, what have you. That, that equates to profit at the end of the day. Right. It's all money. But, you know, and, yeah. and the, it's not even real. Money it's, is not real. That's right. <laughs> But if, it's we, not if, we could, if we could all get on that same page, set that aside and say, hey, let's not worry about this. Let's worry about just locking stuff down because right. the tools are there. I mean, they've been there, but we're not doing that. And right. I, I honestly, you know, we, we can sit here and we can talk all day long. And, and we've talked from, from the, the main political point for the powers that be all the way down to where the industry that we're in, in cybersecurity. How do you get to the point where you're, where you're convincing people 
to have that conversation because I, I think you're right. I think at the end of the day, all it takes is that conversation. If you can sit down and talk to people and set aside whatever type of, of motivations that, that that's influencing that improper behavior, I think at that point, you can reach a conclusion and actually start actions from there. But how do you get to the point where you're, where you're bringing people to the table and getting them to talk about it? Yeah, it's... Um... crickets <laughs> yeah it's, it's hard you know i i sit here and i think about it you know how what got me to come to the table and it what was, was uh because i mean truthfully, you did come to the table i mean you came to the table and you suffered because of it. yeah okay but yeah. you still did that yeah it's um because it needs to be done you know um for, for, for the, I hate, I don't even, I don't want to say that. It's not necessarily about me. It's, it's more so about children. Right. And, and those who can't really protect themselves. Right. You know, and that's, that's really what, what forced me to come to the table and talk, you know, I've, uh, I've spent a lot of time in my life, you know, <clears throat> volunteering in the military, you know, serving the military, you know, doing, defensive cyber work, right? I've, I've spent a, a lot of my time trying to, to do good in that regard, right? right? And work so hard, work, work to the point to where I burn myself out practically, you know? And, and so then it, it, it forced me to start looking at things differently, right? How can I leverage my knowledge, my skills, what I know for maximum, maximum yield, minimal effort, maximum yield, right? right. Like what, what can I do to make the biggest difference without really doing much at all? And this is, this is what, what I felt like the answer was, was just having a conversation because, you know, you could, I look at uh, sort of what's going on in, in cybercrime, right? And like on some level, hackers, criminals, they're doing that to make a statement, right? It's a statement now, now trying to figure out what that statement is. Is it, is it life is unfair? Is it that they were screwed over? Right. Is it the system is against them? Is it right? It's, it's what trying to figure that out, you know, and it's, um, I spend a lot of time thinking about that and I wish other people would as well. It seems like you do as well. I do. Um, you know, and, and I think it would be really good if other people did that as well, you know, because it would bring, it would bring a lot more voices to the table, right? A lot more perspectives about what a viable way forward is. If no one is saying anything, we're just stuck here. If no one accepts, if no one faces the elephant in the room, we're stuck here with an elephant in the room, right? So it's, <laughs> you know, do we do we want to sit in a room with an elephant forever or do we want to try and figure out how do we get out of the room, you know? And I, for one, I don't like sharing a room with an elephant. You know, I want to have yeah. some space and, and enjoy life. Right. Like, cause yeah. there's, we're not here for very long, you know, and it just seems like we're wasting a lot of time focusing on this unnecessary things. Right. You're talking about the racial and, and men's rights and feminism and Republican and Democrat and, and all of those things. And it's, it's like, they're, they're non-issues, you know, right. like people, the color of, your skin doesn't matter, right? Like braids doesn't matter, you know? Like when I was, so when I served in the Marine Corps, we, the thing that we would tell each other is sort of, we don't, we don't see color, everyone's purple, right? right. And we used to, we used an outlandish color like that to sort of drive home the point that it didn't matter, right? Because we pull people from all over America, right? So there's, you know, you see instances of, of racism, right? You, you get all of the bad in America, right? You get a bit of that and you see it, you know? And so it's, I draw from that conclusion. I draw from, uh, excuse me, I draw from that experience. I draw from my work experience and I see these, I see these strong overlaps here, you know, between being a good guy and being a bad guy and how we all live. We all put on our pants the same way, you know, and none of us are talking about this stuff and we right. need to be talking about this stuff right. because if we don't, all of these joys and all of this great technology and these creature comforts that we have, 
it all goes out the window and we go back to hunter gatherer mode to where we're literally with bows and arrows trying to hunt food to feed our children, you know, and I don't know if people have done that lately, but they might want to think about it. You know, I mean, it, it could happen. It could happen. Yeah. It, it's not a fun thing to have to do for the next 100 years, guys. Right. So, like, you know, consider it. You know, it's 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 what's what strikes me is, uh, you know, the type of conversation where you and I are having right now is very similar to the conversation I was having yesterday with this guy from hmm. Telegram. Very similar to that. You know, that's uh, uh, what struck me when I was talking to him was the uh, just the honesty that was coming yeah. through. You know, kind yeah. of, I mean, he was he, he told me, you know, in no uncertain terms, you know, hey, group that I'm with, 40 people in there pulled about, you know, somewhere between 40 to 60 million is what I what I estimated we profited on crime. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a good deal, man. And, and and his thing was, I mean, he was very straightforward about it. He was like, you know, he said, really? I don't understand how they're letting us do that. Yeah. And the way he put it and, and the way he was talking, I mean, it just strikes me that, you know, the conversation that we're having today is, is, is very similar to that, that, that just openness and truthfulness that is so missing from, yeah. you know, the industry that we're in. And yeah. um I just wish that, and I've said this before, I've said it, uh, hell, I've said it for years now. You know, if we could just get that degree of openness on the good guy side, we might be all right. I was reading today, uh, you know, I know that you suffered from uh, from speaking out. Uh, I don't know who the guy was, but he, he was one of the co-execs over at uh, Truth Social. And he was the guy that gave, I guess he gave several hundred documents to investigators. So this this guy was went from being a C level position, you know. I guess he was probably clearing you know two fifty three hundred k a year, and uh, the only job he could get, he works at a Starbucks mm. at sixteen dollars an hour mm. because yeah. of of the punishment. That's the only that's all he said. That was the only people that would talk to him yeah. was the Starbucks. So he's a barista, and uh, yeah. you know we, it's a shame. I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure. I, I know that you that, that you that you were punished for what you did, and you did the right damn thing. Um, I have called banks assholes on stage, and I'm sure that chargebacks 9/11 will never hire me. And I'm sure yeah. there's several financial institutions that won't hire me as well. But yeah. uh, you've got to be willing. In prison, we have this statement of if if you don't stand for something, stand you'll for fall nothing. for anything. Yep. Yeah. It's true. It is. It's really true. You know, and, and I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it, you know, really, really reflecting because I I sort of, I didn't really hold back, you know, I, I really yeah. just sort of said the ground truth, you know, and, and, and I'm sure that that hurt some people's feelings. I'm sure that that ruffled some feathers, you know, but uh, I, I don't think it really matters at the end of the day. You know, if, if I don't, uh, you know, the, and this is the way that I really look at it, right? And it goes back to our conversation. We talk about fraud and facilitation of crime, right? Like, uh, do I really give a shit if I ever work for you again, if that's what you're doing anyways? Who's really the good guy then anyways, right? And it's like no one wants to talk about that. You know, right. no one wants to talk about, you know, it, it's like there's a hit squad or there's like, you know, there's something out for crypto right now. Like crypto is the devil. It's and and don't get me wrong, right? It's facilitating a lot of cybercrime. It is because a lot of people don't understand what the technology is. But right. when I hear banks talking about creating their own coins, creating their own crypto, when I hear about centralized digital currencies, right? And I'd see in the news all these hit jobs. I'm like, no, nah, something. This doesn't jive. Something doesn't make sense. Well, that's you know? because and, the news is no longer objective. The news is the lapdog of the powers that be. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got a few good. You, now I'll, I'll grant you, you have a few very good journalists that are out there, but their numbers are extremely small. Mass media, they're going to parrot whatever the powers that be wants to be parroted. And in this case, you're absolutely right. Those those centralized tokens. That's why crypto is getting such such demonization right now, right there. Yeah. You know, but but it's not the, the thing is, is that I don't think it's 
I don't think it's going anywhere, right? It's a it's a battle of narrative, right? It's about who's controlling the narrative. Because at the end of the day, whoever's narrative wins, that's who wins the game, right? right? That's who wins the game in terms of finance, in terms of who has the money. And, you know, crypto, it, it gives the ability for everyone to cut out all of the middlemen for the, the current situation that we live in, right? All of the advertisers that watch all of the pages that you browse, all of the vendors that do, right? All of the hackers that do, everyone, it cuts all of those people out. They can no longer see what you buy. So if you want to buy pickles from one provider versus another one, right? Crypto right. gives you the ability to do that and no one can see any of that, you know? And it's, uh, it's a mad world. I'll say it that. Is. And, and I, I, you know, I'll tell you, I, so, you know, I bitch about crypto. I do. Um, I talk about it, the laundering mechanisms, things like that. And the thing is, is that, yeah, it starts out like that. It absolutely does. The only the only real issue that I have right now with crypto is that we've got a hell of a lot of whales that are out there. That's my main issue. That's that's another good point. Yeah. You know, you see that I didn't this. It's sort of ironic that I'm wearing a Wall Street Bets hoodie right now. But <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I didn't notice that. <laughs> but I, you know, but I, but I pay attention and I, I see all of this stuff and, you know, I see what went on with FTX and it, it just seems like in the crypto space, no one really knows who they can go to, who's a safe, who's safe and who's not, who's a, a criminal market and who isn't, you know, and I see a lot of, of failed implementation too, right? And this 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 statement extends to startups. It extends to businesses. You know, if you're solely singularly focused on revenue, and you're not really focused on security, right? And you're focused on getting minimal viable product. Your product is shit if you release it, and everyone knows what it is before you release it because right. your security is crap. You have no product. Right. Right. And so all of these startups rushing to make, to generate revenue, you know, and, and go positive and go green, it's just, it, it's, uh, I, I don't know where I would, I would describe the failure at. If the failure is at private equity, if it's at the, the innovation model that we're using, right? If it's a combination of all of these things, you know, because I, I we could go on and on and talk about this stuff, right? Well, let but me it's, ask you. Let me ask you. Sure. Right? Because I've got, I, it's a working theory. Sure. It's, it's sure. just it's just this idea right now that's kind of fomenting in the back of Brett Johnson's head. But okay. you 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 use the word innovation as being part of the problem. Mm. The the idea that I've got that's working in the back of my head is that Silicon Valley itself and the innovation that comes out of there could be a lot of the problem. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I would I would kind of agree with that. You know, there's a company that I saw on LinkedIn advertising a position. And I went to a startup name generator website and I saw the name of that company on the startup generator website. You know, and I asked myself like <laughs> What sort of innovation is really going on there? Yeah. You know, it, it seems like so. there's a picture I saw recently. On, uh, it was showing all of these different models of cars and how all of the cars, all of the structure of them looked very similar. Right. You look at businesses and you look at all of these startups and it's it sort of looks the same. I see a lot of imitation, a lot of copying. And right. uh, I, I don't want to phrase it as like a bad thing because on some level everyone pulls inspiration from other things right but i don't see really a lot of innovation going on right now it's it's no. uh no yeah it's 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 pretty funny because uh, you know there's i just don't see anything happening it's you know i look at all of these companies and you know i look at what zuckerberg uh well i can't really say what he's doing because metaverse is sort of done you know, that's yeah, he buried that one in the backyard somewhere, which, you know, I, I think it was a I think the idea was a great idea. Right. Like uh, in my mind, if I if I imagined a video game that was secure, right, that logged 
you know, all everything to a blockchain that was like Ready Player One movie style. Sure, sure. People would play that, right? I agree. Like, people are not trying to go into a metaverse and have business meetings. Well, you know, you, you lost your mind. Like I'm trying to be in an avatar and go and slay bodies with some mythical sword. And, you know, that that's what I want to. I do. I want that. I I, I went. I, so I've got my PlayStation 5. Yeah. I went and I bought the new PSVR 2. I was yeah. on the waiting list for it, everything else. I've been playing the hell out of it. I got to be honest with you. As good as that headset is, I can only take it about a 30-minute stint at a time. That's yeah. about all I can take. So, yeah. I, you know, my thing about the metaverse I enjoy those games. Enjoy the hell yep. out of them. Doing a Zoom session like you and I are doing right now for 45 minutes to an hour wearing a headset, I'm not down with that. Right. You know? Right. And that's, you know, and that's the, I think that there's different situations that, that it can be used in, right? In a, in a situation like this, this seems much more economic and feasible. Than Absolutely. me jumping in some VR helmet and replicating my body 3,000 miles away, some digital, it just, it's right. too much, right? Like why, why, right? That's the big question. Why? why? Like this, this works, this works fine. But I think, uh, you know, a, a video game like that, uh, that would be great, right? Like, I think that's really, you know, when people heard about the metaverse and what it was, they imagined Ready Player One, right? I agree. And that's that's not what it was. It was, you know, someone tried to monetize that and use it for business. For, and it's just I would if the technology existed in such a way that I could jump in an avatar, you could jump in an avatar and there were no headaches and we right. could go and drive around Mario Karts and have business. Oh, talk at the same time, yeah. That would be great. Right. But it, the the people creators, we ha we have to get away from like that revenue right? The money. It's not, it, it's, it's not the thing that you should be creating. For, it's not, you know, it's, and not. it's driving a lot of fraud. It's driving a lot of fake lives, truthfully, right? That's, it's not really contributing anything really positive to society. You know, no, I look it's at, it's not, it's not, I watch my kids in like, uh, my kids, <clears throat> my daughter, she doesn't have a cell phone. She has a tablet that's like age restricted. She can barely watch anything on it. Her times is restricted that she can watch. My son, he's got a cell phone. He's got YouTube on there. And I have to, I have to pay very close attention to what he's watching. Yes. Right. And it's, this goes back, I think, to one of the other pillars of the problem. People aren't being parents. Right. And that's, that's a hard conversation to have. Right. And we go back and I go back to these loops that we're stuck in right now. Um, people aren't being parents, whether it's because they didn't have, you know, your last episode when you were talking about your dad, it really spoke to me, you know, and um, that's, I think that that's what's driving a lot of what's going on in society right now is people not being parents, people not being role models, you know, and doing, doing what they know they need to be doing. Right. Right. And, and running from those responsibilities instead of running towards them. Well, and that's, and that's you, know? you know, you talked about mine and that's, um, dude, I got to tell you, man, I had, uh, I've been doing this public speaking thing and telling my story now since uh, 16, I think, yeah, 2016. And um, I don't know, I, maybe six months into that, is when I, you know, I, I really came to this idea that, that my dad was a good guy, you know, that he, that he was just a victim of abuse himself. And because yep. of that, he didn't know what to do. And I really convinced myself of that. But then, you know, looking back now, because he's been living with me now for several months and looking back now, I didn't really know my dad. You know, I, I moved in with, with him after I got out of prison, but I was just out of prison. And I was just getting reacclimated to society and everything else. And, and looking back now, I was like, we, we didn't really have any real conversations. He told me military stories because he was in the army. And that yeah. was the whole conversation right there. Yeah. Now I'm understanding that. And it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a crazy, I mean, it's just a, a disappointing realization of this guy just didn't care. 
you know, yeah. he, he sat back and, and me and my sister were, uh, were abused. We were neglected. Um, he could have easily, he could have, he was the adult. He could have stepped in there and said, no, stop, get these kids away. I'm nothing, nothing. And not only that, but he, he let my mom take me and my sister. He was aware of how we were being treated and he let it go on because he didn't want to get involved. He didn't want to be that parent. You know, you're talking now about, you know, you've got a, a, a daughter who doesn't have a cell phone. I understand that completely. Absolutely, completely. Because I've got, uh, I've got my youngest stepson, my, his mom, she gave him a cell phone when he was, I don't know, 12, I think. And uh, it was a nightmare an absolute yeah. nightmare getting him to uh, to use that thing responsibly. I mean, we took the cell phone away. There was instance where I, I beat the cell phone up with a hammer at one point. Every, I mean, I did, man. I mean, I, I crushed the hell out of that damn thing. Yeah. Um, because of the problems, he, he just could not be responsible. Now, he's come to terms now with it, but hell, he's 18 now. Right. But, um, you know, I got a lot, a lot of respect for uh, for you taking that stance like that about monitoring what your son's watching on YouTube. Yeah, because you need to do that. You need to be aware of what yep. they're watching. Absolutely. Yep. But, you know, there's so many parents out there that don't do that. They just give the child the, the cell phone, whatever, because the child is quacking in their ear. I want a cell phone. I want a cell phone. I want a cell phone. So it's like, just quit. I'll get you one. And then all of a sudden, you've got these yep. problems. My sister had the exact same problems with her daughter. Um, yep. Lauren wanted, wanted a cell phone and went crazy with it. Just no yeah. responsibility at all. And, yeah. and I think that's that part of this, this societal problem that we're talking about. You know, no one wants to take responsibility. No one yeah. wants to take accountability. And there's all these, these reasons in place already so that you don't have to accept responsibility. Blame yeah. it on anything but your own actions. Yeah, right. And that's, I think that that's going to be that mindset, right, to where that that victim mindset, right, is the wrong mindset to have. If you have that mindset, then you will be walked over, and you will always be a victim for your for the rest of your life, right? right? You will always be the loser. You will always get the short end of the stick. So either you accept that or you don't, right? And if you accept that, then shut up and color. And if you don't, then it's time to talk, right? It's time right. to do something, right? You know because you know, I, I, I take my kids out to eat dinner and, uh, you know, I, I do some interesting things with my phones and what devices I have because of my job and, you know, trying, you know, trying to make sure that I don't get people, you know, environments compromised, right? And maybe paranoid or whatever. But when I'm sitting in these restaurants eating dinner, you know, and I'll look at these other families with their kids, you know, and I see every member of the family face deep in their phone. There's no talking at the table, right? I've got an eight-year-old kid sitting there, face deep in a phone. Right. Mom, face deep. A dad, you know, and and I, you know, the the previous topic that we were talking about, people not being parents, you know, that's uh, a a device is not a parent, right? right? A device is not a babysitter for your kid. If you think that your child is going to be able to watch YouTube or play these little apps and grow up and be a functioning member of society and be a contributing member, you're wrong. You have right. to be a parent, right? You have to teach them these morals and ethics, right? And, and, and I think that that's a lot of what's not happening, right? Like I see children, I'm talking like eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds cussing in public, right? Which is which is whatever, right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, they're just words for when you're passionate and I, and I totally get it, but you should be an adult to have that context and understanding before you use them. Right. And I see children, eight year olds using these words. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't even, where are your parents at? Who's parenting? Right. Like, and it, it's, I see the riots in these different cities and stuff. And it's like, where are the parents? Right. Right. Like where are the parents keeping their children at home? Where are the parents asking you know, who their friends are, who they're hanging out with. Right. And it's just like all of this stuff was forgotten. It's, it's like, Oh, I don't, I don't have to worry about this anymore. You know, or they, they have a device and because that child has a phone in front of them and they're not crying, the baby's fine. Right. The baby's not fine. <laughs> right. Right. 
I don't know. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting topic here. It uh, is, but you know, the thing is, is you know, we've been talking all of this, you know, in a in a really weird sense. All of this comes back. I mean, it, it all relates together. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it's it's and that's the biggest take. Who watch this show for cybersecurity? This is a cybersecurity discussion, whether you know yeah, it or not. It is. It's all connected, right? Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that people don't understand is you look at cybercrime, right? Like you look at these, the nation state groups, right? APTs, they're, they're working with the lower levels, right? right. The, they pop a box. Every day. If that box is on Active Directory and if it's a U.S. joint system, boom, going right to the ransomware groups, right? right. To the level that it's, that it's automated at, right? So this stuff, it's, it's entirely relevant to the conversation. You know, and people, I don't know. It's, uh, I think it comes down to discipline, right? And doing, doing hard things, even though you don't want to do them. Well, let me ask That's you, really because, uh, you know, we've been, we've been talking for an hour. Need to close it out. And I, I definitely want you coming back. Um, sure. But do you think that, um, <laughs> it's like a rhetorical question. Do you think we'll ever get there where we can actually sit down and talk about this stuff as a, as a group? Because I mean, if we can, I, I if we can facilitate something, oh yeah. Look, if we can get some guys from the other side of the table, you know, I know that. So like Jitsi, right? Jitsi's an app that we can use, and we can get some guys from the dark side onto. We can get us all in a room, and we can talk. You know, I I think that there would be good outcomes from that, right? Like we right. could, there is some possible headway, you know, because some way forward that could be made, some progress, right? Like. We they would at least have a voice where then at that point we're not having to listen or read between the lines between ransomware posts on their leak site, right? Right. We can understand why they're being targeted, right? Because yeah, on some level it's revenue, but there it goes back to motivations and intent, right? There's a reason why these companies are being targeted to a degree. It may be because of scorned employees, because of laid off employees, because of shitty managers, right? All of those reasons come to play. And it's like CEOs and executives sort of choose to ignore these things. It's like maybe if we get all these people in the same room together, right? You've got technical experts, former criminals, current criminals. We get them all in the same room talking. Maybe that will be enough data and information for the, the actual leaders, you know, the guys who are making the decisions, not just talking about it. Maybe they'll be like, okay, these guys are on to something. Maybe, maybe we should sort of listen, you know, and I don't know. I think um, I think it's a pretty damn good idea. Yeah, maybe. Right. Like, um, you know, you, you look at the my, my final parting comment here would be if there's two outcomes, if, if we've got, you know, all of this building up, you know, and, and whether it's World War Three or whether it's, you know, destruction of society as a whole, whatever it is. Right. All this build up. We've got war on one hand. We've got an unknown on the other hand. Mm-hmm. We can sort of create our own future. And we can decide to instead of having war, we can have a party, right? right? Like all this money that we've got sitting around, all this bad stuff going on, we could totally change it and turn it into a party and completely change the way all of us live our lives, right? Like we could undo like how 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 screwed up the prison system is, right? right. Because that is uh that's not rehabilitation. There's no rehab going on in our prison systems. No one wants to talk about that shit. And I'll talk about it all day. And it's it's really screwed up with what's happening to people, right? Same thing with marijuana, with, with mental illnesses, right? With all of this stuff, we could be talking about it, making changes, making the world better, but we're not, you know, let's right. cancel culture. We're all too scared to for, for some reason now. And I don't, I don't know, maybe this is me testing the simulation to see if it's real. Right. <laughs> see if there's anything to be afraid of. Yeah, right? see what goes on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe something, maybe, maybe a generous benefactor will come down and we can actually oh, yeah. get together and make yeah. some change. Who knows? Well, look, I, I definitely want you, uh, Mr. Concerned Citizen, I definitely want you back on the show. Um, I think it's been an outstanding conversation. I do. Uh, what uh, one of the things that resonated with me, and it's, it's interesting. That you that you've been talking about understanding the criminal side as well, because yesterday, because I you know I, I bitched some on LinkedIn, a um, an individual I'm not a huge fan of, but an individual made the uh, the point that we have to think that the good guys have to think like cyber criminals. You know, you have to think like a fraudster. And I said, no, 
you don't. And so one of my shows is going to be not this week, but the next week is, is going to be how it's not important to think like a fraudster, but it's important to understand yeah. that criminal mindset. Yeah. And that, that's, yeah. it really resonated with me that you, that you latched onto that like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's totally true. Right. Because if, so like I look at uh, cybersecurity, right. The number one job in demand right now, threat hunter. Right. What, are you, what are you threat hunting? If you don't know your adversary, what are you threat hunting? If you don't know who you're hunting, who are you hunting? Right. 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 So you have to know your adversary. So, you know, I went down a, a very long, very deep rabbit hole trying to understand my adversary. Right. Reading psychology, reading about former tools, reading about the beginnings of the Internet, you know, back in right. the 60s, 70s with ARPANET, DARPANET, then, you know, Tim, you know, all of the history. Right. How Mac came to be. And it's. There's there's a lot of good conversation to be had there, you know, and there's a lot of change that could be had just by having conversations, simple conversations. So if you want me to come back, I'm more than willing. To I come do. Back. Uh, I, I absolutely want you to come back in the next couple of weeks. Now, what I am sure. going to do with it, because you made a good uh, you put forth a really good idea of trying to get some criminals in the room as well. I'm going to reach out and see maybe if Mr. Wally would like to come in and we can use Gypsy have a nice yeah. conversation and just round table this stuff. Cause you know, the thing is, is what I have found and it, it really matters is you get a lot of these fraud professionals, a lot of, um, you know, the, the CISOs and things like that. They really want to, um, to demonize the guys on the other end of the line. And, and it's they, nonsense. You don't have nonsense. to do that. And what I, what I do is I typically, I'll go on Telegram, I'll go on the dark web forums, what have you, and I treat people with respect. I don't judge them, treat them with respect, and I typically have very good conversations with these people. Right. I think as long as, you, as long as you do that, we can have a good conversation and, and maybe have some benefit from it from, for everybody at the end of the day. Totally agree. Totally agree. You know, it's, it's all about respect, and, it is. and that's, I mean... That's uh, this the golden rule, right? Treat others the way that you want to be treated. That's very mm. simple, right? And there's so many people that aren't that aren't doing that, right? That aren't consciously living their lives. And if they they live life in that way, I think things would be a lot better, you know. So, I agree. I agree. Yeah, all right. I'm all for it, Mr. Concerned Citizen. Thank you so much. And no, yes, for the yes. audience members, that's not his real name. <laughs> but what do we say? We say. Stay safe, stay secure, and stay vigilant. More important, and this is what we've been talking about this entire interview, at the end of the day, just do the right damn thing. I'm Brett Johnson. This is Brett Johnson's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time.